right, what is going on, people? Welcome to episode number. Oh, uh, this is episode number nine, right? Nine. It is. Nine. We can't. I can't believe we've been doing this for nine weeks already. Episode nine. It is pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. It's all about really it. fast, really, really fast. So, anyways, here we are, episode nine, Natty Talk, Mitch McCartney coming at you, Cade Lewitsky. Cade, how you doing today? Doing well. You know, just ready for another slate of college football. Got a better one than last week, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, last week's uh, slate, not really great, but uh, for my end of things, you know, Michigan at Penn State, it was a really, really intense Saturday for about, you know, three and a half hours there, but ended up on the good side of things, at least for me. Let's get into last week's recap, see how we did against the spread. Cade, how were things over there in the betting world for yourself? Not to be honest. Looking back on it, I haven't really lost in like the last six or seven weeks that I can remember. Uh, I didn't technically lose this week. I mean, I went four and three on the game, four and four against the spread, and two and one on extra picks. So I'm escaping with minimal victory, but, you know, that's positive in the betting world. Uh, Baylor outright, we talked about them. That was the big one. And then Texas just, what, I mean, I don't That's know. just incredible. I looked at that line and I was like, you know, if people are just going to hammer Kansas, so I'll be the opposite. And right when like the second half started, I just completely turned into a Jayhawk fan. I was like, I really don't care anymore. So it's good it, for them. Yeah, that's an amazing win for your program. And I know Texas is pretty bad this year. You know, me and you were somewhat high on them in the beginning of the year, but as Texas normally does, they've kind of just deteriorated as the year goes on. But for Kansas, man, that is a huge win for your program to get that at Texas. I mean, Kansas, I mean, I, I don't forgive me. I don't know it like right off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure Kansas is like the worst D1 Power 5 college football program out there, basically. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's like them, Arizona, maybe you could put it in that conversation, and then that's about it. Maybe Vanderbilt, yeah. those are like the top three. Yeah. Uh, my end of things against the spread, decent week, four and three, you know, like Cade said, in, in the betting world, you're really just trying to get a you know, little bit over 500 and that's pretty good for yourself. Um, gosh, who broke my heart last week? Oh yeah. Thursday night. I was texting you. Uh, North Carolina. <laughs> I had a, that was a huge win. Oh dude. I was so heated watching that game. I had a plus six and Pitt comes back and wins by seven. Oh, Man, that that one's that one really really stung, but uh, you know let's let's get into some of the the highlight sto- highlighted stories from last week. We talked a little bit, you know, just a few seconds ago about Baylor getting the upset over Oklahoma. What are your thoughts on that, Cade? Is uh is Oklahoma just a complete wash for the playoff now, or do they have you know some redeemable redeemability left? Yeah, that's where it gets tough when you got to talk about you know which one lost team is going to make it over the other. I personally think they're done because I don't think they're winning. I don't think they're going to win. We can get it delayed, later, but I don't think they're going to win their next two games either. I set it off the rip. They're going to go nine and zero and then lose three straight. But I think, you know, it's hard to look at that team and think they can compete with like anyone outside the big 12 to an extent. I mean, we saw the game with Baylor, their defense plays well. And then their offense is just nowhere to be found. They even bench Caleb Williams, put back and Spencer Rattler. It's just a disaster for the Sooners right now. So, I mean, I'm happy Baylor got the win. So I was high on them, too, uh, going to this game. Thought they were going to win outright. They did. But, you know, everything we've said has stayed true with uh, Oklahoma, you know, being a little bit fraudulent and, you know, not being able to win when it comes down to it, when they have to play a complete game. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just trying to pull up the rest of their schedule here right now because I know they have they have Oklahoma State still, correct? They got yeah, they got Iowa State this week. They're at home, and then next week they got Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, I don't think has beaten them since like 2015, so they're due. Yeah, yeah, they're due, especially this Oklahoma State team and being on the road there in Stillwater. It's going to be a pretty Pretty tough game for the Sooners, and uh, you know this this year's Sooners are just they're so up and down, and I mean it's just bad. I, I would I don't know if they're going to lose out. You know Iowa State not a great team. Ames is a pretty di- oh no no they're at home for that one, so I'll pro- yeah they'll, they'll probably edge them out in that game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout or anything, but yeah down year for Oklahoma. Um, segue to the Big Ten. Harbaugh 
getting getting a big win over Penn State at Penn State. Now they weren't ranked. Um, they weren't ranked in the college football playoffs. I believe they were like 22nd in the AP poll, but you know by now the NCAA has switched over to the CFP poll, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But you know, I mean, just a huge win, and I want to give a personal thank you to James Franklin for doing a fake field goal on fourth and two from like the five yard line. Um, you just continue to prove that you are all brand and no X's and O's. I mean, if James Franklin was coaching at since like, for instance, Cincinnati right now, Cincinnati would not be where they are. I mean, James Franklin, I just, I've never been that impressed with him as a coach. And I, I really think he just rides the tide of the great Penn state culture that you got there. Um, I, I mean, I think that's about it on that game was ugly, but Michigan did their job and, and Harbaugh really did what he had to come out there and do flirted with losing. You know, the, the defense was great. We were getting in Clifford's face all day long. You did see the classic, you know, Michigan struggling with a mobile quarterback. You know, we completely just engulf him in the pocket and he somehow finds a way out of there. So we're, I mean, we're going to have to find, we're going to have to do something about that, especially when we go to, or when Ohio State comes up here and we have to face CJ Stroud because he's one of the most mobile quarterbacks uh, in the conference. But anyways, what was, uh, what was your thoughts on that game? Yeah, I mean, I had Michigan, so it was a win-win for me. Either Michigan wins or, you know, Michigan loses. And I'm happy either way. But when it came down to it, you could kind of tell in the first couple of drives, you know, if Michigan can score some points, you know, I don't think they're going to give up too many. And I mean, that fake field goal call, I mean, I'll tell you what, when Harbaugh calls a timeout and they still let up a fake punt, I'm like, what are we doing here? And then (laughs) I was so mad. That was like, that was incredible. That was like peak Harbaugh right there. And then Franklin doesn't keep his offense out there and decides to go for a fake field goal and just ruins it again. So, like, it was two coaches that at that point in time just had no idea what they were doing. And then they're like, all right, let's just get back to, you know, rub the football down each other's throats. But, you know, good win for Michigan. Um, you know, tough place to play. But I still thought, you know, the better team won that game. So, you know, a win's a win. You're going to take it. Yeah, seriously. I mean, Harbaugh and Franklin just they, – they I mean, really, when those guys come together in a game – a lot of times, like the coaching decisions that are made, they just give you the Will Ferrell and John C. Riley vibes from Step Brothers. Like these dudes are just, there's nothing in between those ears. It's just air. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting matchup. But, you know, Harbaugh got a big win and he needed it very badly. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. We're still alive. Keep it rolling. We'll see what happens this week at Maryland. Uh, it should be a pretty good, pretty easy win, honestly. And then next week, big one against Ohio State. We'll see what happens with that one. Uh, speaking of Ohio State, Ohio State absolutely kicked the shit out of Purdue. Defense completely absent in this game. I don't remember the last time I saw a Big Ten game uh, that was 59-31. to 31. Honestly, it might have been when Michigan got their asses handed to them by Ohio State like two years ago, and it was like 62 to 39. Insane point total. Aiden O'Connell throws for 390, four touchdowns, no picks. CJ Stroud for 361, five touchdowns, no picks. Just a, a complete offensive affair from these two teams. What'd you see out there? It's all offense. Yeah. Oh, really? I mean, geez, that was just brutal. Especially. I was the guy at the water cooler that took the under because I think 95% of the public was on the over. And I was like, all right, just get a stop. And then Ohio State damn near scores 50 in the first half. So, I mean, Purdue was due for a you know, letdown. That's why I laid the points to Ohio State. Um, you know, and they just couldn't stop anything, you know, not even the run either. So, it was just a tough game. But, you know, Ohio State's Ohio State. It's tough to win the shoe. That's, that's what, when we go back to what makes Oregon's win even more impressive. But, you know, Ohio State's rolling right now, and they're definitely a top-five team. So, And then let's go down south for our last game. We're going to recap from last week. Texas A&M heads down to Ole Miss and, to our shocking surprise, loses the Rebels somehow conjure up this defense that was absent the rest of the year holds A&M to 19 points um only only 237 two interceptions from their quarterback called Calzada is that how you say it Calzada yeah I think so I've always had Calzada yeah Zach Calzada yeah I've always had trouble saying his name two picks Matt and Matt Crowell wasn't even I mean he was good don't get me wrong 24 37 248 one touchdown no interceptions Nothing amazing. I mean, it was really the ground game 
that did all the work for Ole Miss. But I mean, I think the highlight of this game is I just I, I can't believe Ole Miss's defense held up. Yeah, and Corral still looks banged up. Like, he doesn't look like himself, and the offenses look the same. But their defense, you know, Texas A&M had never really had a great offense this year, but they were shutting them down to an extent where, uh, you know, they didn't they didn't have to stay on the field for too long, and that helps when you have to play. Uh, when you get to play with Lane Kiffin, you want the offense on the field. He still, you know, just refuses to kick field goals, but you know, in the end, he gets wins, so it doesn't really matter. All right, let's get into our top tens now for this week. Uh, Cade, who was at 10 for you? Do you have any big changes in your lineup and your rankings this week? Uh, I kept one through eight the same with Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Cincy, Oregon, Michigan State, Michigan, and Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State's looked really dominant. I was debating on having them jump both of Michigan schools, but, you know, haven't reached that level yet. And then I moved Notre Dame up to nine. Uh, they keep winning. And then I put Ole Miss at 10. That was a good win. Had them over Baylor, just tired of the win in the SEC. And I think, you know, if they win out, it'll definitely be in the New York Six. So those are my only two changes, or nine and 10. Um, I don't really have much to say about one through eight. Every team that was on one through eight are in one through eight for me, you know, won pretty convincingly. So nothing really to switch there. How about you? Uh, a minor things, I had a few changes. Um, the top looks pretty similar for the most part. On the bottom, I do have Baylor uh, put in there at number 10 now was very impressed with their win over Oklahoma and they've just done a really, you know, good things uh, down there in Waco uh, this, this whole year and Oklahoma finally met their maker. And uh, yeah, so I got Baylor at 10. Um, controversially, I dropped Cincy to six and I am one of the people that do have Michigan slightly ahead of Michigan state. Um, and, you know, I mean, that simply is because, you know, I know Michigan pissed away a 16-point lead on the road. I just kind of take in the factor, you know, Michigan State had that awful performance at Purdue and got the crap kicked out of them, and that's their one loss. And Michigan's one loss was on the road, like Michigan State, but against a top – I would call them a top-five team. I don't know if the committee would. Uh, a top-five team on the road, and they only lost by four points regardless of – the way they lost and they had a very impressive win going on the road to Penn state, really tough environment to play in. And Harbaugh hasn't had much success uh, in those environments and those games in the past. So I was very impressed. That is why I do have Michigan one spot ahead of Michigan state. I have them at four state at five this week. And then in my top three, I also chose to vault Ohio state one spot over Alabama. I do have them at number two right now. That performance from CJ Stroud and the Buckeyes last week against Purdue was amazing. And it is just, I mean, it's basically just been a slow, slowly but surely upward trend for that program ever since they had the loss to Oregon. And Oregon has just kept looking, I mean, they don't look bad necessarily, but they're just, and I think I mentioned this last week, they're just not doing anything, doing anything that wows me, that makes me feel like they are an elite college football program. They're very good. But, I mean, you put, put Oregon in the Big Ten right now, they, wouldn't, they would have more than one loss. I could guarantee that. At least, I mean, that's how I feel about it. Um, but, yeah, besides that, you know, you got Oklahoma State at eight, same as Cade's rankings. Uh, Ole Miss at nine, as I said, really impressive win over Texas A&M. The defense showed up. Corral's a little banged up. Um, and th- that's about it, honestly. Just, just a couple changes. I am interested. Can I get your thoughts on me having Michigan – I had a Michigan State. I know you're not going to like it because you're a state fan, but I mean, I'm not an idiot, right? We we'll talk about that at the college football uh, playoff rankings next segment because I that's uh, that's basically what I was going to comment on. But it's not really like you having it; it's more of the committee having it. Okay, well then, I mean, I guess with that being said, let's just segue right to that. Let's get to the playoff rankings. Um, do you want to lead that lead that one off? Yeah, I mean, no changes, but I don't like. There probably shouldn't have been a change considering what happened. However, like, I still don't understand, you know, the whole Michigan. I understand it, I guess. But when you're the head of the committee and you start off, when Reese Davis asks you, why do you have Michigan over Michigan State? And your comment is, well, regardless, besides watching the games, if that's the first thing that comes out of your mouth, you had so much time to think of the answer to that question and you chose that, nobody's going to believe, like, nobody's going to care for your, like, I mean, people are going to care about the college football playoff rankings, but nobody's going to trust you, like, with further decisions, like, I know it doesn't really matter right now until this game this weekend between Ohio State and Michigan State, 
Um, cause that's when things really shake up, um, uh, if Michigan state wins, but I just still, you know, I'm a head to head guy, you know, you're not, you know, Michigan can't, Michigan doesn't have any, um, bragging rights until we play again next year. So, you know, it's hard for them to make arguments, you know, you know, we're a better team than you because I don't believe it because we beat you. But at the same time, you know, uh, I just think it'll become a controversy when you're deciding who's going into the Rose Bowl, especially, you know, when more than likely Wisconsin gets in the mix too. All right. I actually, you know, I like that answer. I do think that um, Reese Davis's response well, you know, besides what actually happened on the field, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Uh, not a great look. I mean, if you want to go a, l- a little bit more of my angle and, and kind of just compare the two losses um, of the two teams, I think that's a little bit more of a better – I think I mean, I think it's a lot of bit more of a better explanation as to why you would have Michigan ahead of Michigan State. But just to kind of – I mean, like you said, he had a lot of time to prepare for that question, which is – an inevitably is going to be asked, especially when state is as good as they are this year and beat Michigan head to head. And you basically just come on and just, well, you know, uh, besides what actually happened on the field, because I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a really like a, a numbers, like a statistics comparison that you would be able to, in a case from that, that you would be able to make to say that Michigan is a better team than Michigan state. I really think the only basis of it if you do want to make that case is like I did comparing the two losses you know Michigan barely losing to Michigan State and then Michigan State getting absolutely hammered by Purdue um ow that's that's I'm at with it go go ahead you can like you can't like Michigan fans some of them like to make the argument on Twitter like who has Michigan State played you can't make that argument because Michigan hasn't played anyone either outside of the normal teams that they play like Michigan State played Washington at home. State went to Miami. I'd say going to Miami is definitely a harder game, but neither of those teams are good. So it doesn't really matter when you like look at it from that angle. And both the two different games in the Big Ten were Michigan going to Wisconsin, getting a nice win. Michigan State had to go to Purdue, and they lost. Obviously, you know, there's different things you could talk about in that game. They didn't play their best game. They had damn near, you know, half the team out, it felt like. But they still weren't up for that game. So, you know, the argument you can make there is, you know, giving the stats, you know, Michigan State's bend over a defense, you know, gives up the most first downs in the country. However, they're six when it comes to, you know, giving up touchdowns in the red zone. So there's different things you can look at. But, you know, you start off your comment with, besides looking at the game, why do we play the games then? You know, there's different things, you know, you go from with there. But like, like I said, I'm not going to sweat it because you got to win this week. So if you don't win this week, it doesn't really matter where you're at in the rank. Yeah, this week, I... I can't wait, man. I'm going to be locked into that MSU and OSU matchup. It's going to, I'm going to feel for you guys. I'm just going to be sitting back, enjoying some, hope, hopefully, some really good football. And I know on your guys, then you guys are just, I mean, I mean, you, we've, we've been there. I mean, I, that, it, was, yeah. it was me on Saturday. I was on the edge of my seat for three and a half hours. <laughs> it's fun, but it's stressful. Um, I mean, I really yeah, don't. Well, go ahead. We'll talk. We'll talk about it in the preview. Uh, I got. I got. I got a lot to say, but you know, I'm not going to try to overdo it because you know, at the end of the day, you got 11 guys on both sides of the ball. You got to play football. So, Honestly, do you have any other um, objections to the playoff rankings besides Michigan being overstate? Um, no. I mean, that's, I think I brought up last week. Like, why not put Ohio State over Oregon then? Because uh, Ohio State's definitely been the better team down the stretch. Like, Oregon struggles when they play. The Pac-12 teams aren't that good. And, you know, since he can't cover, I mean, that doesn't really factor in the ranking. Like, they can't cover a spread, but they also are in Oklahoma territory where it feels like they haven't played a complete game in a while. So, you know, different things. You can't look at, like, Georgia beat Tennessee handedly and Alabama played New Mexico State. So, who cares? Um, so, there's, like, different things you can look at, but I don't really see the need for a change until next week. Yeah, I, I would agree. I do think that or, or Ohio State is a better team than Oregon. Should be, you know, vaulted ahead of Oregon, which that is that is funny, too. You know, you can talk about, and we'll we'll wrap this up because we want to get into our Heisen segment. But we'll, that, I think it's funny that you look at the similarities, you know, between the Ohio State and Oregon matchup and Michigan-Michigan State matchup. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing with the losses. Now, like, when you explain it, yeah. <laughs> but there's no, even though even though Oregon's loss is even a hundred times worse than Michigan State's loss. If you really, if you really get into it, but you know, For some reason Oregon is still ranked ahead of Ohio yeah. State, and that game. Can, and that, what's crazy about it is, I mean, Michigan, Michigan State. That was 
that was Halloween weekend. That was a couple weeks ago. Oregon, Ohio State, that was like week three. <laughs> it was still yeah. warm outside. And it was like, a, and when it came down to it, I mean, it was like a seven-point loss. Like, I know they were down 14, but they scored to finish the game. So, like, you know, it was just it was a tough loss. But like, you know, your baseball teams aren't the same in uh, game 15 as they're in game 160. So, like, you know, there's different things you can look at in terms of that. But whatever, got to win this week. Yeah. All right, let's uh, – Let's get into our Heisman talk right now. Um, I'm gonna come out and say it for both of us. We both have our favorite right now as Kenneth Walker, the fantastic running back for Michigan State. I mean, I just and, I, and my reason for it, and I'm, I'm, I guess I'm gonna go ahead and take a lead of the segment here. I don't think that. I mean, yes, there are other candidates out there that are really talented players, but I don't think so far. And we'll see how the year finishes out because we do have some pretty good matchups uh, coming up in the last couple of weeks of the season, as we always do. But I think Kenneth Walker undoubtedly has the best Heisman game slash Heisman moment this year of any of the contenders. No other team went up against their respective rival and put up five touchdowns and however many of hundreds yards that he had in a win in what was the highest viewed college football game of the season. And probably, I mean, in most people's eyes was, um, I mean, either, either Michigan, Michigan state or the, uh, or the red river showdown from earlier in the season, the best college football game of this season. And, you know, I mean, there are guys like CJ Stroud. Yeah. He's great. Doesn't have that type of performance. Matt Corral, same thing. He's great. Doesn't have that type of performance. Kenny Pickett. Yeah. He's awesome, but no one watches him because he plays for Pitt. So, I mean, I just – and it's not that I don't think that Kenneth Walker is deserving of it. I think he absolutely is. I just don't think that there's another player right now that is a screaming number two for me. Yeah, that's why, like, I realized when I put it, like, let's pick a winner, let's pick a sleeper. It's hard to pick a sleeper at this point, uh, especially with the odds, like, are so drastic in one way. The only person I'll make a uh, case for is Bryce Young, but he – you know, I don't count a win against New Mexico State where you throw for five touchdowns, a huge Heisman game for you. They're going to count it as that. That's why he moved up. But, like, you know, Michigan State doesn't get to play New Mexico State week 10. You know, they don't – nobody gets to do that besides the SEC when they schedule all these dumb games. So, I still think Kenneth Walker, when you compare him to, like, the Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry Heismans, you know, he is neck and neck with them. And in some categories, he's better than them, whether it's yards, yards per carry, touchdowns, different things like that. And like you said, it all comes down to a Heisman moment. And uh, Kenneth Walker gets to play at Ohio State this week. If he has any type of Heisman moment or has a great game, I don't really see how you don't give it to him. Even if they lose, who cares? They, he can't go and play defense, too. Bryce Young plays Arkansas and Auburn. Who cares? Uh, C.J. Stroud, is, I agree, is the other one where, you know, he could get into the mix uh, with two huge games. But at the same time, you know, it would be hard for me – to still pick him over Kenneth Walker unless, unless Kenneth Walker puts up two duds in a row. Uh, I put Kenny Pickett as my sleeper just because I think he's a really good quarterback and I hope the Lions draft him. But, you know, I don't really you – know, there's really no chance of him winning. Uh, I'd like to see him as one of the five that I get to go, though. So, you know, there's different things that you could talk about in terms of Heisman talk. Uh, but I do believe even, you know, throwing my bias aside, I, I would put Kenneth Walker as the number one uh, Heisman candidate right now. But there's two still two more games. I don't – I'm sure they take – I think they take the conference uh, conference game into effect too, so that might hurt him a little bit if, they, if uh, they don't win. But this game, but we'll see. Yeah. and Conference championship is what I meant. Yeah, conference championship. Yeah, and, yeah, honestly, I mean, there's no bias on my other. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm sitting here, I mean, no, no shocker. I'm a huge Michigan fan. The last thing that I want to see is someone wearing green and white hosting up the Heisman Trophy in New York City. Um but I mean, I can't argue it. I think that Kenneth Walker has been the best player in the country this year. Um, and, and to my sleeper pick, CJ Stroud, like you said, I have him as my sleeper, not only because he's a great quarterback, because Ohio State has played as well as anybody in the country post week five. You know, they figured out their run defense. The passing game is looking absolutely awesome. Travion Henderson, the running back who we very well may be talking about as a Heisman candidate this time next year, uh, keeps getting better, doing well. But CJ Stroud, has those opportunities where he is going to be on the national spotlight this weekend against Michigan State. Um, and then the very next week, heading up to Ann Arbor, 
playing Michigan, you know, regardless of how that rivalry has gone in the past, Ohio State absolutely owning us. Um, that's still a huge game that is going to garner national media attention. Probably going to be the best, the biggest viewed game of the week. Uh, you know, maybe the Iron Bowl does a little bit better. Usually, Michigan Ohio State does beat that out, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really do. I think, I think unless Kenneth Walker comes out this weekend, um, and who's last week? Uh, last week of the season, you have Penn State, right? Yes, uh, at home. I think unless he comes out and just absolutely gives you a stinker in both of those games and CJ mm-hmm. Stroud does the opposite, I think he'll have it locked up. And I don't think he will, you know, have a bad game. Cause I mean, he really hasn't, you know, what's his worst game this year? Like, Oh, some like, a, isn't it like a little bit over like 130 yards or something like that? It's probably, yeah, it's probably like Indiana or Nebraska, but I don't really like, he still, even last week, get a quiet game and he still started going nuts at the end. So yeah, quick, yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can, if you're a player that can have a quiet 175 yards and two touchdowns, you're a freaking Heisman candidate, dude. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, I mean, that's where we are. Gonna send it over to Cade. Uh, give our picks for this week. Got a pretty decent slate. What do we got going for him? Yeah, this week's preview. We'll start it off. I mean, we've been talking about it. I guess we'll keep it going. Number seven, Michigan State. My Spartans are at the Buckeyes. Number four, Ohio State. Yet again, another noon game. I think it does benefit Michigan State, but, you know, another Big Ten noon game, top 10 teams. Uh, Ohio State is laying 19 and a half points and is over under 67 and a half. I'll let you start with this one and then I can give my rant. Yeah, uh, you are very lucky. It's a noon game. Uh, Ohio Stadium, already a really hard place to play. You definitely don't want to go be going in there after dark. It's only going to get rowdier. Ohio State, favored by 19.5, over under 67.5. Man, uh, it, it is. this can be a tough one. I think the spread's a little bit too big. Don't get me wrong. I do like Ohio State to pull out the victory in this one, but I think I'll take the points. I think Michigan State covers this. Back in 2015, Michigan State went into Ohio State with a backup QB and won this and won the game on the last second field goal. That was probably the last time I can remember that I feel like Michigan State has even competed in this game. Um, I could be very wrong. Uh, I'm just going back to my time in college, and I know they've gotten blown out multiple times. I remember like 49 to three one year. But regardless of all this. I think it just comes down. I don't even think it comes down to defense anymore. I think you just got to match them. You have to score and you have to keep up with them and you have to win the turnover battle. The defensive backs are going to get blasted the whole game. uh, And I don't think there's any stopping them. There's no changes you can make. Michigan State, I think, has the most pressures in the league um, in college football. And, you know, that's still enough time for the QB to get the ball out and still throw a touchdown, still throw for 531 yards if you're Purdue. But, uh, I'm obviously going to do it here. And I, I ha- I've been biased before, but I, before I said that, you know, Purdue was the play and I would take Purdue plus three and they ended up winning, I don't think Ohio State's a play here. I think Michigan State is a play. I think that Mel Tucker gets his guys up. And I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm obviously going to say they're going to win here. Just that's my bias. I'm obviously going to not, not pull for Michigan State. But I do think 19 and a half is disrespectful in a game like this. And I think Michigan state, if they can get some guys back healthy, I think they put out a game and people don't talk about this enough. CJ Stroud has had some really bad games, you know, Nebraska. Um, I'm blanking on other few uh, Oregon. He didn't look great. Uh, Minnesota first game of the year. He didn't look great either. Um, there's different games where he hasn't looked himself. And if Michigan state can just get a couple turnovers, get a couple big stops, this game gets a little flipped around. So I hope they win. I'm taking Michigan State to win and cover plus 19 and a half. But I'm praying. It's going to be, like you said, it's one of those games where I'm going to wake up Saturday morning very excited, but I'm not going to enjoy watching it. Yeah, it's stressful. These games, they're they're awesome, especially if you end up winning them. But boy, when you lose, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, no, that's, that's enough for me. Uh, you know, I got Michigan State to win and cover. Uh, next game, Iowa State at number 13, Oklahoma. Noon game, Oklahoma minus four, over under 59 and a half. I will uh, – I just got a terrible upgrade. We got breaking news. I think Justin Verlander just re-signed with the Houston Astros, and that is very oh, disappointing. Oh, no. That is very disappointing. I could be wrong. 
Uh, I'll slide my phone down. Oh, I don't want to mess up the Zoom hey, call. Ladies and gentlemen, we are bringing you live to the first ever breaking news during the Natty Talk show. You heard it here first. Justin Verlander signing back with the Houston Astros. I, okay. That's a tough ball. Yeah, one year, one year, $25 million. One year, $25 million. This is not a baseball show, but everything I was hearing on sports radio this weekend said that it's either Tigers or somebody. I did not expect him to go back to Houston. Before I even got well, – we'll make this quick. But before I even came on the Zoom call, it was he wants to go to a team that plays spring ball in Florida and is on the East Coast. So I didn't even factor in Houston. And then he went back. I mean, I, like, I don't, we're not going to get into it because I would have spread it for days. But, you know, good for JV getting another contract. Tiger legend. But that's, that's hurtful. Um, he could Oklahoma – he could come up? real quick though. He could still come here. It's only one year. He's he's got yeah. He, he, he has he has the option the second season to stay or leave. So we'll see what happens. Oh, that's a player. He's opting out for sure. All right, back to football. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll give my pick on this one first. Oklahoma minus four over under fifty nine and a half. Oklahoma are frauds. I'm taking Iowa State to win and cover. I don't care. Brock Purdy, uh, senior, Brees Hall, good running back. Just run the ball down their throats, do the play action with the big tight ends, and I think Iowa State has uh, uh, consistent enough defense to where they could stop. Uh, I mean, I, I guess that, that doesn't hold true because they got waxed last week um, by Texas Tech. But anyway, I bounce back game, Iowa State, I'm taking them to win outright. Listen, every, every soul in my being wants me to do the same thing that Cages did and take Iowa State outright to win and to cover. But I'm sorry. I know Oklahoma is very fraudulent. I can't do it, Kate. I know Oklahoma. Do it. Oh, you got my voice right now. Take Iowa it. State. Don't trust those frauds. Oh, I'm planting, my, I'm planting my flag. It's planted. I hate Oklahoma, but I don't think that they lose two weeks in a row. I think Iowa State, while they're still a good program, they are nowhere near as good as Baylor is this year. They're coming back home. This is the first, like, I mean, Lincoln Riley just doesn't lose games normally in the Big 12. Doesn't really happen ever. I know it's, it's, it's just a crazy Oklahoma team this year. We don't know what's going to happen. I simply just cannot see them losing two games in a row, especially, you know, they're coming back home uh, after a loss. I think, uh, I think Lincoln Riley is going to have the guys ready. I think Caleb Williams plays way better. I mean, if there's anything that we've seen uh, with Oklahoma this year is they are not going to replicate the same performance. So, I mean, they played like doo-doo at Baylor. So I'm assuming that they're going to come back home against Iowa State and play really well. So I may be way wrong on this. I sort of hope I'm way wrong on this just because I can't stand Oklahoma this year, but I'm going to take them to win and cover the minus four against Iowa State. Lincoln Riley's already looking ahead to Baton Rouge, next head coach of LSU. We'll see you later. Uh, next game, number 10, Wake Forest at Clemson. Noon game has some implications in the ACC, so we're put on the board. Clemson minus four and a half over under 56. What do you like? Like I, I like I don't know if the I don't know if the Clemson Tigers could beat the Little Giants from that movie that we talked about earlier in the. Uh, they beat UConn last week, and that's equivalent. So yeah, woo, woo, yeah. isn't this UConn's like first or second year in college football or something like that? I know they didn't have a pro no, for the longest time. No, Am I they, had, uh, they had uh, Donald Brown. He's a stud. No, they just haven't been relevant in ten years. That's 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 sad. The fact that I, a huge college football fan, didn't even know that they had. A <laughs> I honest to God thought that I had heard that they had. They were like a brand new program. Anyways, um, look, Clemson sucks this year, guys. It's, there's really no other way to say it. DJ Ugalele struggling. Not what they thought he was going to be at all. The offensive line sucks. I can't believe they're actually favored by four and a half in this one. Um, go Demon Deacons, man! You guys got some badass uniforms. You know, we, we, we still can't figure out quite what your mascot is, but you, you hit the uniforms dead on the nail, and you're a pretty good football team this year. So give me the Deeks, man. I think they go to Clemson, go to Death Valley, take care of business, win and cover the minus four and a half. Yeah, and I also think every other person in America is going to say exactly what you just said, which is why I'm going with Clemson to win and cover minus four and a half. The line doesn't make sense, and college football lines don't make sense. I go the opposite way. So I don't – I mean, Wake Forest – won't be the team that has a defense. Um, I think Clemson's got a solid defense. I agree. I don't know if they could score, but I think it's, you know, it's the game of 
the uh, Wake Forest defense or Wake Forest offense versus Clemson defense. Who can get more stops? Who can make more big plays? We'll see. I'll take Clemson. Um, Arkansas, number 21, Arkansas at number two, Alabama. We got a 330 game. I'll start this one off. Uh, Alabama's minus 21, overrunners 57 and a half. I don't love any totals this week, so I'm pretty much sticking to spreads. Uh, I mean, I don't really know. I, I haven't really been high on Arkansas all year. I know you liked them for a little bit, but I think going back home, um, I'll take Bama to cover at minus 21. I don't really have much to say about this. Um, you know, I think Bryce Young continues to play well. I would love to see Alabama lose. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, for me, it's either cover the game for me or lose. Um, you know, I don't care if you win by 10. I just don't think they're as good as they usually are. But I feel like every time I say that, they end up being in the national championship. However, they still have to beat Georgia this year, so it doesn't really matter. I've got Bama, and I got them by 21. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you here. I do like Alabama to win and cover. You know, Arkansas – they did have a good start to the year this year. And like what you did just say about Alabama, a little weird this year. They have some some weird performances like a couple weeks ago against LSU where they barely squeeze out a touchdown win. And, um, you know, I, I think this this week Alabama playing New Mexico State, I mean, how much prep did they really have to do for that? How much of that was actually prepping for Arkansas this week? You know, I mean, that was – I mean, that's a glorified bye week in in my book. So – you know, I think Alabama's got plenty of time to prepare for these guys. Arkansas just not on their level. You know, if this game was taking place week four, week five, maybe be I mean the line would be way different. But yeah, I know I think Alabama takes care of business in a in a in an easy win here, honestly. I take them to win and cover. All right, next game. SMU at number five, Cincy. A sneaky good one, especially in terms of uh Cincy's playoff hopes got to win this one. One of their better games in the season. It's a three thirty game. Cincy's favored by eleven. The over under sixty five. Mitchell toss it to you. Star soft. What you like? Yeah, I do think that Cincy takes care of this one, and that's mainly because how many times on this show have we said that? Yes, Cincinnati. We're sorry. You're a good football program. You you dot your t or you <laughs> you dot your eyes and you cross your t's, but you just simply do not have the talent on your schedule to garner um, getting into the college football playoff. And the committee is never going to let them in until they go into the big 12 and start playing that big 12 schedule. Now, with that being said, SMU is one of those teams that actually is respectable on their schedule. SMU. I mean, they have some good wins at TCU this year at Navy. Um, I mean, Cincinnati has to win this game flat out if they want a chance to get into the playoffs. So I think they come out. I think Luke Fickle's got the boys fired up. I think they take care of business and cover the minus 11. That's a weird one where like, since he hasn't covered game in five weeks, it feels like, but you know, I'm not going to not take him here. Uh, I think they do win and cover. I think defense steps up. I mean, he's got a good offense. I think their defense makes some plays and, you know, Desmond Ritter just control the game. And, you know, get the sneak out that 14. Well, not sneak out. You need to win confidently. But get that 14, 21-point win. Uh, get the committee on your side, you know, bump it up a little bit. But I do think they uh, they win that game. Uh, number 11, Baylor at Kansas State, 530 game. Baylor's minus one over our 50. I'll take this one to start. Um, you know, there's a theme, I feel like, in the Big 12 where you win a big game and then the next game, you know, things go downhill and I really do like Kansas state. They're not the best football team, but you know, they, they do win games and you know, they got a solid defense. Uh, most of the games are low scoring. I want to take the under, but for Kansas state's Kansas state's sake. I hope they do, you know, put up some points. I do. I'll take them. I'll take the wildcats to win and cover the plus one. Uh, you know, I like Baylor, but that's why I kept them with my top 10 basically because I think they are going to lose this week. Weird start time, by the way, five thirty. Um, but I do think they're going to win this week. So, um, Kansas State, I uh, don't really have much to say. I haven't really watched them play, but they've been winning lately. So, you know, I'll take them at home. I'm going to agree with Kate on this one. The The Big 12, I mean, it go from team to team, they're unpredictable. As a, a conference as a whole, they're unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen. The fact that Baylor was just able to defeat Oklahoma, I mean, I mean that, that program was in shambles like two years ago. Um, and shout out to, I believe Dave Aranda is the coach's name, uh, doing great things there for the Baylor bears. With that being said, like Cade said, the unpredictability of this conference, you never know what's going to happen. 
how many times did Oklahoma go out, have a great game the very next week, they're struggling with West Virginia or whatever. I think that's exactly what happens in this game. I think Baylor really struggles with K-State, and I think they do win in cover. All right, we got one left. Big playoff implication game. We got number three, Oregon, at number 23, Utah, 7.30 start. Utah is laying three. They are the favorites at home, and over-under is 58 and a half. Mitch, what do you like in this one? <laughs> it's time, Cade. It is time for Oregon's reign to come to an end. They went on the road earlier in the season and lost to Stanford. Now, Utah, one of the better programs in the Pac-12. Um, and I, I just simply think, you know, you're adding the nighttime implication. I know Oregon almost always plays at night, but they are not in uh, their stadium this time. They're headed to Utah. I think this is a really tough game. Like I said, I just have not been really impressed with anything that I've seen from Oregon post-Ohio State victory like week three. They've been winning these games. They're not blowing teams out, which I think you absolutely have to do in the Pac-12 if you want to be considered an elite college football program uh, on the national level. They simply have not done that. I think they have a lot of fits going to the Utes place at night. Crowd's going to be roaring. And I, 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 I don't know how the game's going to go. I just I have a feeling Utah's favored minus three. Give me the Utes to cover. I think Oregon's reign's over. I think it's time they uh, – I mean, honestly, hey, they lose, I'm going to drop them to – they're going to be probably somewhere between the, like, 11 and 13 range on my rankings. I think it's time they, they get a nice, healthy drop in the rankings. So, yeah. As a man that has been anti-Oregon all season, don't care for the jerseys, don't care for the program. Uh, it's a tough one, though, because I feel like if this game was a couple weeks before – I feel like a lot of people would have been all over Oregon and this would have been my time to swoop in, take Utah every which way possible. But with that being said, I'm still going to do it. I still think Utah wins and covers. I don't like Oregon. I don't think they're good. And I also don't need to see two teams in the Pac-12 and uh, New York Six Bowl games. You know, I hope Oregon loses. They can make it into the Rose Bowl and get destroyed by whatever Big Ten team they play. Uh, but I do think the Utes get it done. I think they... Um, you know, run the ball down their throat, pass when they need to. And I just don't like Oregon's offense. They can't throw the ball. I haven't seen them throw the ball against Washington State, Washington, whoever it is. I'm taking Utah. And I got three extra picks. I'm going back to the well. I'm taking Texas plus three at West Virginia. Oh. If there's a team, if there's a team that looks worse than Texas right now, it might be West Virginia. I don't trust them at all. I don't know why they're giving three. To Texas, I'm taking it. And then my lock. This is okay, this I, is like going back to the girl that has cheated on you multiple times. And you're doing I don't it. care. He doesn't I, she must be I, really I, 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 I do I did forget that they lost me a ton of money in the Oklahoma game, but they've lost all anyway. money and feelings. <laughs> I've never been high on them. That's the thing though. You did say that at the beginning of the pod. I've never been high on Texas, but I have had them to cover multiple times and they just haven't. Going back to the well, West Virginia stinks. They are so bad. They might be the worst team in the Big 12. I'm thinking Texas. But my lock of the week, I always say put UTS, give UTSA some respect. Not this week. UAB is the better team. They're getting five. I'll take the five. I'll take the money line. UAB is going to win that game outright. And then I'll take Oklahoma State under 56 and a half. I think everybody looks at the Texas Tech-Iowa State game. They're like, wow, they scored so many points. Oklahoma State's defense uh, after last week. No, I still don't think they get it on more than 24 points. They're a legit defense. They're number three defense in the country. Oklahoma State under. Wow, that was that was a good preview. All right. Um, sure. We got another – yeah, we got another gimme five this week. Top five underrated programs. Mitch came up with this one. I like it. I think there's different ways you can go with it. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I'll give it to you to start. Who's your f- number five underrated program? Yeah, like Kate said, tons of ways you could look at this. It could be, you know, wins – points, you know, NFL draft picks or whatever. I just went with, you know, ranking who always seems to kind of be in the mix uh, late late in the season. Uh, that just really doesn't get a lot of attention. So number five, I may get a little bit of pushback on this just because of how awful they are this year. I went with the Northwestern Wildcats. Pat Fitzgerald, it's a nice, nicely ran program over there. You know, you're not going to get great recruits, 
But what you are going to get if you go to Northwestern under Pat Fitzgerald is you're going to get great coaching. And that is why that you see, uh, I almost said Oregon. I don't know why. That's why you see Northwestern go through this up and downness of, it seems like they're really bad for two years. And then they have one year, that year three, where they're pretty solid. And then year four out of nowhere, they're dominating the Big Ten West, you know, dominating teams like the, the main leaders of the Big Ten West, the Wisconsins of the world, the Iowas of the world. Every now and then, P.J. Fleck has Minnesota having a good season. And they even you even see them, I believe it was a couple years ago, they went to the Big Ten title game and they were actually competitive. So, I mean, the talent is not there for the program, but Pat Fitzgerald is a fantastic coach. And they're always just, you know, every it's not every year. It's going to be every couple of years you can expect to see Northwestern you know, around week six, week seven, make it into the top 15 of the AP poll. And uh, I mean, they have a nice, they have a really nice program over there. Uh, in, actually right by you in Chicago. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, they, I like them. I like Pat's pit. I'll say this. If you, if today, I mean, I'm not going to say, actually, you know, fuck it. I am going to say today. <laughs> I'm going to say today. If today we could switch head coaches, Pat Fitzgerald for Jim Harbaugh, done deal. I'd do it right now. Oh, that's without question. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. I'll comment on that in one pick. Um, I'm going to give mine first. Uh, I'm going with Appalachian State at number five. Uh, members of the Sun Belt Conference. Many of you may know them for their big win over the Wolverines in 2007, but that's not the reason I picked them. They're the definition of consistency. They have, since 2014, as I'm looking at right here, I mean, they just win. They, they just win. That's all I got to say. I mean – they're an underrated program. They're not a team you want to play in a bowl game because they will beat you. And, you know, the Sun Belt just has some sneaky good teams. Some of them are moving on different conferences. Some are, they're getting better teams into their conference. I think Appalachian State, you know, we see some guys in the NFL. are like, oh, they went to App State. Didn't know that. But I think Appalachian State's a great program. They win big games. I'd like to see them schedule some teams, uh, you know, in Power 5 more often. Some good teams, too, where they can give them a scare early on. But App State, they win ball games. They're, not my, they're my number five pick. All right, my number four, going into the Big 12 Conference, going to go with Iowa State. Not a lot of people talk about this. This is another, and it's another, you know, Matt Campbell, coach of Iowa State right now, rumored to go to Michigan last year when, you know, Harbaugh was really on the hot seat there for a minute. Would have liked that hire. Would have been in love with it, but I would have liked it. Um, I mean, let's just go back and look at some of their recent wins. Last year, Beats Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl, 34-17. This year, heads to Iowa, or I'm sorry, takes Iowa on at home, only loses by 10. And that was that was week two of the season when Iowa was still seen as a very, very good football team. Heads to Baylor, only loses by two points. Has a huge win against your Oklahoma State Cowboys, 24-21. to uh, I feel like there was one other year I was with, but um, they're at uh, Oklahoma later in the season in two weeks. We'll see what happens with that. There's just a team that. Oh, they're at Oklahoma this week, and you took Oklahoma. What? That's why oh. I told you to take Iowa State. <laughs> and now you put them on your underrated program. You don't trust me. Take the Cyclones. They're winning this week. Okay, they're not. They're not going to beat Oklahoma, but they're an underrated right. program. They're they're an underrated program. Yeah. They're very. They're, I'll give it to you. They're like the Northwestern of the Big Twelve. Honestly, you don't hear about them, but every now and then they sneak their way up in those rankings, and they're a damn good football program. So, and also a little, you know, guilty as charged. I think they have a really cool name, Cyclones. That's pretty cool. Your first pick was much better than your second pick. I'll give you that. I just don't. I don't consider them underrated. They were in the Big Twelve championship last year. They play in good bowl games. They're. I guess they're underrated. They get overshadowed by Iowa, but, you know, I still think they're good enough to, you know, be level with their rating, I guess. But I do agree, you know, I think Matt Campbell is still a really good coach. They just don't get the recruits, like you said. Uh, but I will comment on your uh, Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern. I got him at four, too. They are a great program. What Pat Fitzgerald was able to do turning around that program was incredible. Um, you know, they get to two stars and three stars and they turn them into guys that can go in the first and second round. Um, they'll play you tough wherever it is. Um, they're not always great, but you don't want to see them on your schedule most of the time because you know it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, you know, like you said, let's not let's not take it into this year, you know, how good were they because they were dominant last year. They're pretty good the year before, too. So uh, Northwestern's my number four. 
All right, number three for me, your Oklahoma State Cowboys, man. Mike Gundy, he always is putting together a pretty good program there. Uh, this year, the defense, as you, say, as you said earlier in the episode, hasn't given up 24 once this year, correct? Uh, they haven't given up over 24. Okay, so they they, get, they, they, they lost they lost to Iowa State, gave up 24. I mean, even, even – no, I'm not getting into it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 24 points. That's so amazing. Dominant defense. Yeah, do, the defense is dominant. Offense looks great this year. And, um, I mean, they're just one of those teams. I mean, like all, all the teams I have on this list, they're just – they're sneaky kind of. I mean, I even feel like they're sneaky right now. They're ranked like eighth in the country, and I feel like no one talks about them still. But no one talks about them. It's kind of crazy. I mean, we're sitting here, we talk about Oklahoma more just because they're – I mean, they're a wreck this year. And I think Oklahoma State is a way better football team than them right now. But, yeah, I mean, they're just – they're one of those teams. They put together a nice program every single year. And it's not going to be every year that they are ranked as high as they are this year. But it's, you know, you got a rotation there. But maybe I'd say two, maybe three out of every five years, you're going to find them in the top 10 at the end of the year. And uh, they produce good, they produce good players overall. I mean, there's a lot of Chuba Hubbard in the league right now. Mason Rudolph, I mean, Mason Rudolph's not a great NFL quarterback, but still he's backup quarterback. For Which is still crazy to me how he didn't pan out. Yeah, still I, crazy. I, yeah, he, I, he was so yeah. good. Even James Washington was good too. Like crazy. They yeah. do have a lot of guys. I like to pick. I, I'm not. I didn't have them on my list just because you know, I think they're like great program. You know, in my eyes, they're not underrated because I've loved them for so long. But I do see how people looking from the outside looking in, someone like you who doesn't you know watch a ton of Oklahoma State football, or for the same aspect, you know, a Big Ten guy. They are. You're right. They sneak into that top 25 every year, and they're always playing a good bowl game. Um, but, yeah, my, my third pick is Virginia Tech, the Hokies. Um, they haven't been good of recently, but I think they're like a, uh, Oklahoma State where, you know, they're not talked about a lot. They are the better of the two between Virginia Tech and Virginia in terms of the longevity of it. But I do think, you know, in the ACC, they get overshadowed by the Clemsons of the ACC. And Virginia Tech, is, as we saw, game one this year, uh, Sam Howell at Virginia Tech shut them down. I think they scored 10 points. Virginia Tech's just a gritty team. You don't want to play there. Um, are they the ones with Sandstorm? I think they are. Let's say it Virginia again. Tech. Sandstorm, walkout. Is that them? Oh, Sandman, not Sandstorm. Close, close enough. It's Enter Sandman by Metallica. Oh, Enter Sandman. Sandstorm is uh, South Carolina. I get them mixed up. But yeah, Enter Sandman, you know, starting off with that. They're just good football. Team. You see guys in the NFL from Virginia Tech, they're not always the best. I mean, what? I know they played Michigan State, Michigan in the Sugar Bowl in like 12 or 11. Uh, you know, they make it into good bowl games as well. They're kind of like an Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's better. But I would consider Virginia Tech underrated. I got them at three. I like the pick. My number two, going to go with one of the quieter teams, I think, in the SEC West. I'm going to go with the Auburn Tigers. I think they get uh, completely overshadowed uh, by the Alabama and and in the LSU. I mean, honestly, most years LSU is way better than they are right now. Um, I think those brands absolutely overshadow the Auburn Tiger brand there in the SEC West. And they're one of those teams that, yes, I mean, you will regularly find them uh, within the top 25 throughout the year. Um, first year head coach right now, Brian Harson. You know, they they've got a they've just got a nice team there. They they've uh, you know, they, had, they had a nice – well, I was going to say a nice win, but it was actually a loss. Uh, it was a close loss against Penn State. But one thing that they do that my team can't do is they regularly compete with Alabama in the Iron Bowl. And I think that right there uh, can make you an underrated program because no one's going to talk about you losing the game. They're all going to be hyped up about Alabama getting the win in the big rivalry game. But how many teams are there – and I know this year is a little bit different because Alabama's a little shaky. They're still great, but a little shaky, not as dominant as we're used to them being. But how many teams out there can just flat out compete with Alabama just about every year? And Auburn does it year in, year out. You know, they're they're a good program. They don't get the recruits that Alabama deserves. They're honestly that you could draw a parallel to them and Michigan State, being that you know, uh, you know, they they are the Michigan State of Alabama. Michigan could be the Alabama of Michigan. You know, if you see the, the parallel I'm drawing there, and uh, well, I know, right? Cage just mind. I don't even know what you just said, to be honest. What? Like, you said 
Auburn. You said the Al Michigan's the Alabama. I, I, I you lost me when you went right. from Michigan to Alabama. Let me read. I got I got the first part. Okay, Auburn and Alabama are both in the same state. Michigan and Michigan State are both in the same state. Auburn is the second, you know, considered by the media, by the, by the fan group, right? Considered the second tier program in that state. And I would say most people, fans, media, consider Michigan State the second tier program in Michigan. When in reality, there's a lot of years, I mean, okay, there's not a lot of years that Auburn is better than Alabama, but there's a lot of years that Auburn is much better than they're given credit for in the state of Alabama. And there's a lot of years, especially recently, that Michigan State is a lot better than Michigan. And of course, I mean, me and you are familiar with the Detroit media. They're not excited to give Michigan State any love. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of comparisons there. So, I got them at two. Yeah, I don't hate the pick. I think it's the same for me with uh, Iowa State, where, like, I don't know if I'm, they're underrated in my eyes, but in terms of the way you explained it, I do agree. So, you know... I think like that's that's fine with the way you look at it, where like they're overshadowed by Alabama. Um, I got UAB at two. I know I took them for my lock, and I realized I just put them on my list. But since they tried to shut down the football program, in their five years since then, they've won. Uh, they've had a winning season every year. That's hard to do when you go from sh- shutting down a program. You got to play now. Oh, let's go eight and five, eleven and three, nine and five, six and three, and they're seven and three this year. So I just think that's very impressive. And, I mean, some people probably don't even think they have a football team anymore just because they everyone remembers the video of all them yelling at the AD and stuff, the president of the school, you know, how are you going to take this away from us? And, you know, they go out and they show out. So good for them. I got them at two. Like I said, I didn't, I didn't do much preparation for this, but, you know, I actually don't hate my list. Oh, yeah, no, same here. I, I kind of just went with like a – you know, I had some programs in mind. And I just kind of went with my my general feel of how I feel that they're rated. So I saw your list. I'm trying to remember who you had at one, and I don't even remember. So it's going to be a shock to me when I see it. Find out. I got the Cincinnati Bearcats at number one. I don't think uh, – I just don't think it's that arguable now. I mean, we've seen them. This is not the first time that they've been ranked extremely high. I know the AAC is having a down year. That is going to be the result. Uh, of them not making the playoff because I just I don't think that there is a path for them to get there even if they do win out I just don't think the committee is going to put them in there but you know we've seen them go up against Georgia last year in the Sugar Bowl and no they won that game right I was about to say they lost no they won it was like two uh since he since he lost by like one by like one I was gonna say they yeah won. I know that I know they didn't win they lost by like one or three and I know they were like seven point favorites 24 21 or something like that it was yeah that sounds right Close 24 22, something weird. Yeah, close grind them out game against an SEC team, not only an SEC team, one of the upper echelon SEC teams. I mean, the, the team, Georgia, this year that has the best college football defense I've seen in the past decade. And I, I just don't think that we can continue to underrate them. I think they're just, they're just sitting here, basically being patient until the playoff gets expanded uh, to eight teams, which it inevitably will. So they are finally able to get to showcase what they have on the, on the big stage year in and year out. Cause committee's just not going to put them there with four teams being that they play in the ACC and, and whatnot. But I mean, they've, they've, well, I can't ignore them anymore. They, they go undefeated just about every year. The few times that they are uh, put up against what the national media considers to be a really good team this year against Notre Dame took care of business last year, sugar bowl against Georgia didn't win, but looked really, really good. And I think it's time we give them the respect they deserve. So Bearcats at number one for me. Yeah, that's a good pick. I don't care that they're number five, you know, they are still underrated in the aspect where UCF has been good for eight years. You know, they have gone to, you know, Fiesta bowls, things like that. Uh, but since he hasn't really, I know they went sugar bowl last year. Who cares? They haven't really been good outside of that. So they are underrated too, in my eyes. But for number one, for me, I got the Purdue Boilermakers. And the stat that I just need to say is the one that they have like nine wins against number two uh, opponents that are number two overall in the country, things like that. Year in, year out, they produce guys too. They got the, uh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. It's George. George, I know, Cal, Cal Fattis or something. It's a really weird last name. But he's predicted top five pick in the draft, defensive end. Rondell Moore came out of there. Drew Brees went there. You know, different players that, you know, they produce players. There's players that are like, I want to play the Big Ten, 
and I am a great player. Screw Ohio State, screw Michigan, screw Wisconsin. I'm going to Purdue. And David you know, Bell's another one of those guys. This David year. Bell is good. Yeah, David Bell is going to be a top wide out in the draft for sure. Um, and you know, I think they're overshadowed too by people who think they're a basketball school. Matt Painter hasn't made it to a Final Four. He's been coaching there for a gazillion years. Um, you know, they're a competent football program, and they win games, they make it to bowl games, and they put up fights. You know, they're one of those scrappy teams uh, in the Big Ten West that nobody wants to see on their schedule. Uh, so I got Purdue. I mean, you could say that they're not underrated anymore. They win too many big games, but at the same time, you know, they're like seven and three, six and three, six and four. So you know, I still think they're a little overshadowed. And and they have the biggest drum in the world in their possession. Sure, I'll give them that. Clap it up. They're my number one biggest drum. I don't think it's that big, but good for them. Uh, and I. Listen. Um, no, I don't think I've had the opportunity. I was actually supposed to go to the Purdue Michigan state football game, but I totally forgot until like we did the pod and I was like, well, can't make it. I'm glad I didn't go because that would have been a waste of money. It would have been a tough trip home. So I bet you're under good for Purdue drum too. You're probably, you probably see you're probably underrating the size of their drum. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. I just see I just see tweets about it. Like remember remember when Notre Dame uh wouldn't let them bring the drum in? Yeah, that, earlier in the season. Yeah, said it wouldn't and li- listen, and, I'll just give you an idea how big Well, they, everyone was on everyone was on Twitter and they're like, it's not that big. They said it wouldn't fit in the stadium. It's gotta be huge. I'm looking it up right now before the well, Notre Dame's also a really old stadium, so you know you can't get much in and out of there. How big I know it's big, I just like it's a drum. Our drum is about 10 feet tall on its carriage. Okay, I was expecting bigger than 10 feet, but... Yeah, it's still a big drum. This thing weighs 565 pounds. I'm talking drum, you have to stand like on a ladder to bang it. I'd say like that's a big drum. Yeah. No, do they have to stand on a ladder? No, I guess they don't. And for all the Purdue fans that may be listening to our pod, I'm not hating on them. They're my number one underrated team. Underrated program, I should say. For football, basketball, they stink. I don't care what anyone says. But for football, they're underrated. Their drum may be overrated, but they are underrated. All right, guys. You heard it here first. Good way to, good way to end it, I guess. That's a, you know, it's a fantastic way to end it. College football's number one podcast, Natty Talk. The college guys with college ties. Myself, Mitch McCartney, Cade Lewitsky. Signing off. It's been another great week, and we'll catch you guys here next week. Kate, do you have any any inspiring messages to leave with our fan bases as they venture out into the stressfulness that is watching your team on a college football Saturday? If you're a state fan and you go to sleep Friday night, remember 2015. Remember the big win. Remember the upset. It's happening again. Go Spartans. All right. And my end, just – uh I don't know. Go blue. Woo. I don't know. <laughs> Not much to say, man. We're playing Maryland this week. So. And go pokes. Because I need it. I need my pokes to fall back on a Michigan State loser. All right. We're going to wrap it here. We'll catch you guys next week here on the Rise Network. And we'll see you. Peace out.